Pursuit of Podcast, a purely guest-centric show focusing on people and organizations that advance positive change. Positivity can be anywhere, and in a time of vast discord, the pursuit of is finding those who champion its causes loudest. Join us as we sit and learn about the pursuits of local leaders in their community. Let's go. Hello, good people, and welcome to the Pursuit of Podcast, where it's truly not us, it's you. I am Ryan Buck, Artist Development, New Leonard Media. With me is the boss, Mark Wilson, President, New Leonard Media. How are you, sir? Ryan, I'm doing great. The streets are drying up. I got outside a the little bit today. The sun is out. It, yeah. That is enough of the chit-chat about us. Embarrassing, really. But more importantly, our guest today is Katie Lauren, Artist Human. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me here. I, I'm just going to peel the curtain back a little bit. When we talked about how to address you, um, I, I appreciate that that when we're talking about you know concepts that may be loftier, we can just say that who we are and this is what you do. Um, and so thank you for allowing us to address you. Yeah. Thusly. Well, you're welcome. Well, w- there's a question that I've recently started starting the podcast with and I want to keep it going just because it's kind of fun and it, it just started happening. So let's say you're at a gathering of some sort. It's a party. We're doing yeah, okay. that again. We're doing right. that again, right? So you're at a you're at a party and somebody comes up to you and says, what do you do? What do you say? I say I am a fine art acrylic painter and that I paint with passion. And my work is all about passion. That's really everything I do. I infuse passion into all of my paintings and I do that by using texture and really buttery soft um, bright color acrylic paint right Mm -hmm. okay so that that's that comes out and you you get a little semicircle around you at this point because I'm very fascinated so what what kind of questions do you get typically and and are they are they good ones typically right after that people say well what do you paint Right. And what? Okay. So yeah. What? Honing in on on what inspires you, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I think that is something hopefully that artists like to talk about. But what's fascinating to me is this is a fairly recent pursuit for you. Correct. Yet your output, the way you even talk about it, is it, it betrays somebody who's been doing this a long time. Correct. Yeah. What I, do you ascribe um, that to? Well, my work is prolific. Um, I don't have a niche as people really want you to have a niche when you're an artist. Like, do you do dog portraits or do you do just portraits or do you do landscapes? And I say, I do everything. So when you say you're an artist, you know, after the inspiration, Mm -hmm. then it's what do you do? Mm -hmm. What do you paint? And so that's a question that you just have to keep kind of addressing. Mm -hmm. And I I say everything. I paint everything. There's nothing that I won't paint or can't paint sure how I feel and I believe that but so but you speak in in your technique everything about you and I should say I don't know you know a ton about art um necessarily but you know what you like and you know when somebody's speaking about it with any kind of authority so I think I may have seen your art before knowing anything about you but it, it just feels like you've been doing this a long long time yeah, so I can tell you how it started. It's kind of, it's a yeah, absolutely. It, I call it a gift because I don't know how else to call it. But um, 
my last art class was in fifth grade, like elementary school. Like everybody has the standardized, you know, you make a penguin like this, you know, yes. you put all the parts in the right place kind of thing. That was your last. That was my last. Now, class. why do you remember it as your last? Because... Just because it was the last art focused class you ever took? It was the last class I had because I played the piano for the choir, um, sixth through eighth grade. So that's that took place of my art class. You so had to or got to? Got to. I oh, the, so it was kind of something you wanted to do, not mm -hmm. like I had to. So okay, I interesting. I accompanied the choir on the piano. So it was like the one person that got to do that. So right. yeah, I right. was pretty fortunate to do that. And it kind of ties in that piano. And I also played the flute. I was a prodigy on the flute back then too, which I quit. But I didn't have the passion for it, so long story. Interesting. To have a gift, it, it and must not... have maybe been too easy. Yeah, you needed you needed a I little didn't have to work a for little it. push. Yeah, interesting. True. There you go. <laughs> See that gift yeah. isn't always a gift. That's that is so true. See, that's a little nice breakthrough yeah, moment on this show. Yeah, my parents are really mad at me. Oh no, <laughs> for a long time. But anywho, <laughs> anyway, so. Um, I was engaged to be married about four and a half years ago, and two weeks before I called off the wedding, and I broke my own heart, and I shattered. So that was in um, July of four, four and a half years ago now. July, and you called off a wedding. I called it off. You yeah, called it off. I called it and, off. And, you know, that's something that clearly, you know, is, is a life moment, but talking about it in this context, it meant something positive for you it ended up being positive yeah but i i broke i don't know how else to put it like yeah. i lost like 20 pounds and whatever i didn't even know myself is that, that what that, it felt like when, yeah because you've i've read you say shattered. shattered and you do you you go on to say that it was for a reason mm -hmm. but that's a word that's really and not just in artistic terms powerful yeah like meaning non-recoverable yeah I, unless you're in a terminator movie <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But but I mean, sh shattered is yeah, gone. Low, very low. Um, I kept telling myself this is temporary, right? You know, because people, people break at times in their lives and they have some trauma and, you know, and some don't pull out of it very right. easily, but you do come out of it. That's and it's something the, that you initiated, which, you know, you, you my take some, some yeah. stake in and... Wow. Yeah. So in October, I was walking through my- That same year. Same year. It was three months later or mm -hmm. whatever. I was walking through my dining room area and I had this, people tell me not to say it, but it's the truth. So I have to say it this way that <laughs> I had this male voice come in my head that said, Katie, go buy a tube of electric blue paint. And I'm like, what? I don't, I don't know how to paint in- I don't even like the color blue. <laughs> that was my response. But yeah. then the pull, it was like magnetizing. Like all of a sudden I felt compelled to go purchase art supplies. I'm like, where do I even go? Michael's. I didn't know. So I went to Michael's. With I love that. Shopping cart, you know, going around <laughs> the store. And I'm like, what do I even buy? This is a transformative moment. <laughs> now that we're talking <laughs> about it, but then true. you're admired in the minutia of well, come on. Did you have a moment when I'm just curious of like too much? No. So no, not at all. You were like, I I do need to do this. I'll figure it out. And so I I, I know the electric blue story. I, I I know this. Yeah. 
I didn't know that the voice was male. And the fact that you said you shouldn't say that <laughs> intimates <laughs> that you've thought differently about this because I wanted to know, you said you were thrust in this direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were, and you've used the word gift, but it, it brought in something. And now, and I've intimated that you have skill and wisdom beyond your years. So what are we, what are we going towards here? Is this now become a metaphysical podcast? Yeah. <laughs> because I find that really compelling. You know, yeah. you say that it, it 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 was this one thing, electric blue. And why and electric blue? Do you know the blue? significance I... of blue in arts? I mean, it's used in, in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. uh, and not always positive. Right. And I don't even like the color blue. And But I don't, I still don't know why electric blue is the color. Do you think about that still? Yeah, I do. You but do. Why electric blue? I use it in my art. But um, I don't know the meaning behind that still. But yeah, so I bought all the canvases and paints and charcoal. I didn't know what I mean. It just all because you didn't know what style you were gonna at all. You just needed well paint. I didn't even know. It just it was like I was told what to put in the cart. That's the other weird thing. So I left with that cart and I started painting and I I would stay up all night painting and I'd put out three in a night and then I'd go to work like I'd watch the sunrise and I'd be like oh now I gotta go to work and I'd do it over and over and over and it just came out 170 pieces in well four years and you know it just kept coming it's still coming but not at that speed i can't stay up that late now i did i wasn't able to look at the and i don't know if it's tracked and this is not meant to be a corny question at all but statistically it's a large body of good work Mm -hmm. in a short amount of time yeah do you think about it and and it may sound corny and cliche after what we talked about but you know in but it clearly was you initiating it and you were working through something you had to do that to do this Mm -hmm. along the way you know, while it was three in the morning and you're like, well, I got a meeting because there is a day job. Yeah. Did you at all think like I'm clearly working through something? This is going to be over. Did it seem cliche? Did you talk to friends about what you're doing? And like, this is a phase or was there that whatever the voice was that said unwaveringly, this is you now? I had a sense that this was staying in like committed right like you're given this gift you're gonna do good things with it there's no painting anything dark you know there's you're gonna take that love that you were supposed to have and you're gonna put it in this work and you're gonna put emotion and feeling and inspire people to act kindly um, use their wisdom you know be humble and and help them by viewing your art to kind of navigate this ever-changing uncertain world and to be compassionate and virtuous as they go forward in their life and i know that's a lot but that's really what my core tells me is what i'm supposed to do with my work and we've just talked about how this feels a bit of like a big bang situation, mm-hmm. but you were inspired early. You, you had an uncle who was a professor in humanities, uh, which I, I love. Nobody does humanities anymore. Everybody should be a professor uh, of humanities uh, at, at Michigan State University, which is where you uh, went to school. Correct. But 
how did that individual influence you? And did you grow up in an artistic household in whatever way you interpret that to mean? Um, I grew up in a music and academic household. Um, yes, my uncle's my professor at Michigan State for Humanities. Um, I had to study art on little slides, and I wasn't very good at it, so I'd have to go to the library and restudy the slides. And I only got a B plus, by the way, from my uncle, <laughs> which still makes me mad. Not even an A minus. Wow. <laughs> well, so do you, do you think, on, honestly, it was a B plus, or do you think he was being hard on you? Was that a lesson from the uncle? It was probably a lesson because I probably could have done that better. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so you've come to terms with it. Not really. You <laughs> haven't. He's still there. He's All right. still teaching, and he's eighty-five. Well, I'm saying, that. yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, if you want to duke it out here on the show, no, no, it's uh, all that good. would be healing. It's fine. But I did get to study like um, Rodin and Van Gogh, and you know all the really famous. Um, and how did that impact you? Okay, so that's something that everybody mm -hmm. says they should like. And I don't know anybody who's like, oh, those are the worst. Yeah. But because corny as it may sound, did that inspire you in a way? Yeah. You know, I I'm, I can tell like sometimes um, it comes out in my work. Like I painted one piece and after I was done, I was like, oh my gosh, that looks like Matisse. You know, like I can speak to what artists. So it gave you a frame of mm -hmm. reference. And I kept it all up in my head too. So well, you graduated from Michigan State University, mm -hmm. this psychology, That's a right. little bit different. So what was the dream? What was the plan? And what was reality? Um, I actually wanted to go to school for business administration, but my parents said that they wouldn't pay for me to be a secretary. But I'm actually an executive assistant, which is kind of pseudo-secretary, right? So what a provincial thing to say there, huh? <laughs> I, I get it. I get I it. And, and so. it's nomenclature aside, that is such a fascinating mentality to, to explore. Right. Because, you know, and you can't even just go to where's the true power, you know, whatever. Yeah. But that's fascinating. And how do you how do you reconcile no, that? You can't. You know, you they, graduate with a bachelor's in psychology. You can't get a job with a bachelor's they, in psychology. They didn't view. So so they steered you towards psychology mm -hmm. which I, I would never put that down either but that they didn't see a business degree as the bigger opportunity for like the bigger money maker right their okay. generation didn't see women in leadership and that's what it was like because they immediately you're not gonna go to school to be a secretary right or go to school still... i mean you were gonna be a teacher a nurse um, and even, you know, in, in those antiquated days, you know, my own grandmother was a chemist and she's got yeah. her name on the, uh, on the patent for the first Polaroid camera. Wow. But, That's and she would always cool. say, you know, I like that was non-traditional and it was super hard Yeah. because so. So that's a mentality. And I just think it's fascinating. It's not totally relevant to dwell on, right. but as a concept and as an artist in oh. what we're going to talk about push and pull, but are you a little bit reb rebel? Is there a little rebel oh, yeah. in you? I'm a redhead, of course. Well, yeah. see, okay. <laughs> I mean, but yeah. what would I, you know, it, it's interesting. You, we, you've talked about some dark subjects. Mm -hmm. You've talked about, you know, so far some inspiration that came from that place. 
Is that something that fuels you a little bit, maybe even in a fun way, creatively, taking things oh, yeah. like that? Yeah, I it? like to play, you know, especially with my art. And, you know, I like to play in life, too. You know, like I still do cartwheels every spring. Right. Just to see before I break a hip. I mean, I'm going to keep doing it. Just to see if you can do just it. Just to see if I can do it. But I like to. An annual rite of passage. Yeah. Live life as much as you can and have fun with it, you know. And you have three kids? Three kids. Yeah. And. I heard that they were artistic growing up. Yes. Now, you weren't pursuing art back then. Mm -hmm. So were you just looking upon their art as like, oh, that'll be on the fridge for about a week and then it's going away? No. Do you ever look back and think, I should have been paying attention to that? Or was that something oh. that, does it come up at all now that you are an artist? I did pay attention because they were all really good artists. Interesting. You know, young. And I was envious because all I could draw was a rabbit. It really was like a one little rabbit i was like stuck on this rabbit i couldn't draw anything a tree or a stick figure that was literally my acumen of art that's okay uh, i mean yeah. if if art wasn't critical to your survival yeah either artistically or professionally didn't seem to matter but i wanted to be an artist or a dancer or something like that you know i always wanted i was always envious of that but i couldn't i didn't have it and so there's there's that push to creativity Mm -hmm. push the creativity and people like that in in general have certain tendencies you have a day job so do you find that any of those tendencies that work for you as an artist work for you as a professional mm -hmm. well i have i have a business mind believe it or not it's where i hit on all eight cylinders so you know your <laughs> life just kind of is that an is issue it... for you is perception because when you say artist people think immediately you can't you don't know how to balance your checkbook? Oh, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like flaky, kind of ditzy artist kind of thing. Balance, oh, really? <laughs> balance your checkbook. When, if you, there's money to what? balance. I get it. Artists mostly don't. Well, but yeah. Well, not just that, but when's the last time you like went through your... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so what are you saying? That is an antiquated reference. <laughs> okay, whatever is the TikTok version of balancing your checkbook today. <laughs> Or the the businessy equivalent, but yeah. so that's something that you idea. think about is like is no, that the perception of not having? No, I just think it's a dichotomy because I do have a really strong business mind and financial investing is a thing that I've I study and you know so I've got a right brain and a left brain, which yeah. I think that's unusual. Right, and, you know, most people take one side or the other, or you know, proclivity for they do. Mm -hmm. When you look at what inspires you, you talked about passion right away. And I've also heard you say or read you saying moments to take your breath away. Mm -hmm. And when you think about when you started making art, has your definition of what moments take your breath away, has it changed at all? I don't think so. I mean, it, it can be anything that can take my breath away. Like I can think of um, there's a lighthouse in Frankfurt that is majestic and gorgeous and beautiful. And that takes my breath away. And the other day I painted an eagle because an eagle flew over my head and I was like, oh my gosh, it's like so beautiful. And that takes my breath away. You know, like so many things in these moments of life are just remarkable that I don't take for granted. And um, I think they're just stunning. And I wanna capture those moments that just make you go, Gosh, right. You know. Right. And yeah. it's something that you I feel want to pass along to anybody who experiences your artwork, which I, I think is wonderful. And it's not just because 
your artwork does, I, I think in general, evoke just a lot of positivities and, and it's not just the colors, but your style. I, I know you talked about you like to use buttery paints. Mm-hmm. Can you get a little technical for us and walk us through what a buttery paint is to you? Yeah, a buttery paint that I use is acrylic paints and acrylic paints have a viscosity, which is similar to um, soft butter. And you can change the viscosity of the acrylic paints by adding water to them to make them really runny, like say a watercolor, or you can leave them as they come in a tube, which is more thick. Right. And I like the thick, but I also will, I call it stripping my paintings and I'll wash them. I'll get upset and I'll wash them in the sink and create a giant Wait, mess. So is that a bad thing? Yeah. I Messy, messy painter. Is, I mess. think that's huge mess is that not normal does that not feel like it should be it's just messy but anything in my kitchen is a tool (laughs) so it's kind of the whole kitchen is a tool so when you talk about you know uh something that you know buttery paint i and as a layperson i thought it may have been more liking to how a wine can be buttery more it's the is that that similar maybe the over not that you were eating it (laughs) Although, you know, there is that part of us, you know, that kid who wants to eat Play-Doh. Yes. Maybe that doesn't go away. <laughs> not that you were eating paint. This is not the Tommy Boy scenario. But um, the, the idea that that's something that you responded to because you weren't a professional. You hadn't studied this all your life. You were just responding to buttery paint. Yeah. That's just what I picked up. I tried oil one time and it um, doesn't drive fast and I got it all over myself like days later and so I just dropped that one but right that's all I've ever tried and I like it yeah I just love it I love how it pops the popping colors and they do and you talked about having to have a style having to have a niche which is fascinating to me um you know I've curated a couple of of exhibits through the world of hotels um and in different styles and different mediums have some experience with graffiti art and things like that which is fun um but you have to balance a couple of things and I want to get into this in a second Mm -hmm. but how important is it to you right now to be able to rattle off what your niche is because it can be changing to you Mm -hmm. because if you say you're a passion inspired artist things that take your breath away there you go but how important is it to be able to at least is that for for marketing for you know getting people interested to saying this is the style of art that i do this is a niche you know does that help you connect with other artists find other communities things like that yeah it has um because when people look in my art anyway in male and female uh they get emotional they tear up they well up and um that's what's important whether they purchase it or not but i know that it has an effect the outcome that i want and it's not a sadness it's a oh my god it's beautiful it's that that same feeling that i feel like seeing the lighthouse or you know an eagle it really evokes like some kind of change in someone and that's what you want art to do is make a change and move people in some way whether it's people some people paint politically or you know it's it's that's a a quicker path maybe right so and you're saying you want emotion evoked and it maybe could be something that's tied to something that's bittersweet Mm -hmm. or maybe approximate sad could be anything that that's that's okay 
a sunset. And, and that's hard mm-hmm. because you're are, you're taking something that you felt and it, it's just if you want to get technical mm-hmm. about it, it's chemical reactions in the brain. But ultimately, are you painting for you or is this truly altruistic? You know, how much of satisfying you as a human, as you are titled at the top of the show, <laughs> human. you know, how much of it is about you being satisfied and how much of it is, well, I think people will like it. Well, it's, I can't say it's about me and it's, I can't say it's about other people because I can set an intention to paint, say, X. Oh, I want to paint a girl at the beach um, in her bikini, for example. I don't get to paint that. I don't get to decide sometimes. And sometimes I end up painting an elephant. And I'll stand over the painting and be like, what just happened? This is not what I intended to paint. I wanted to paint this, but I don't get to decide sometimes. Sometimes it decides for me. Okay. Well, no and yes. And now (laughs) we have another three-hour podcast because you that's something that um, you know, I wanted to get to process and how you do things, but do you work from a picture, a photograph, or do you just work completely from memory? I have worked from photographs, but I just, it just comes out mostly. It comes out of something inside of me. So girl in bikini, you're at the beach. Mm-hmm. Just, and I'm if, if I'm crying too much and you don't want to share, just that, you know, I don't want to trade secrets, but you girl at the beach in your mind. In my mind, yeah. You come back to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know I'm in the kitchen. And you're in the kitchen. You need to be in the kitchen. Yeah. Not just because you're messy. But <laughs> you need to be in the kitchen. And you have the tools that you need. You begin to paint said girl in bikini. Mm-hmm. Do you look up moments later, an hour later, three hours later, and see an elephant? Hours, hours, hours later. And I like, I used to play tennis and there would be times in tennis where we call it treeing. And I, it's probably that on any sport where you just go automatic and you're, you're just so trained. You just do things and it's like, oh my gosh, I just made the most amazing shot. Okay. Well, like you're unconscious. And you made it look easy or you felt it mm-hmm. was easy or you just played it off like it was easy. Right. But you're saying it was you're almost automatic. Zone, okay. Unconscious zone. I mean, would you of. say you're kind of in a trance-like state you are in a place where you're just so focused focused yeah but you're focused on a girl Mm -hmm. in a bikini well initially but then i get into this work and it morphs it changes it reveals itself that is wonderful why is your kitchen so important (laughs) because you know i think artists probably (laughs) are creatures of some habit at times and i got i think you know things that you are maybe habitual but why why your kitchen is it does it have to be your kitchen like can you ever move you know i've thought about having a studio or going to a studio and i like the connection of my home with my art and you know so going somewhere to paint doesn't actually appeal to me it doesn't no and so that is that would you say part of ritual because you know you have the kitchen you have the feel of it when you're done with the painting, when you know it's done, you have a solo dance party. Yeah, I do. And I hope it's not the only time you do solo dance parties. <laughs> you know. But so that is the end of, so is that important to you? Can you finish a painting under certain circumstances and not have to... Have a dance party? Sadly, not have a dance party. 
Uh, I don't know. It's like this burst of energy I have. It's like I definitely have dance parties by I'm myself you. in my kitchen. I mean, do I, I feel like you are giving the paint? What For, I guess what I'm going into is I feel like you're giving the painting that final bit of energy. That's mm -hmm. the oh, yeah. last oh, that's bit of you. I just say like creativity always like everybody has their place and their space and there's certain things that slow stuff down so for me i have a decent keyboard out here that i could turn on play and and i i would sound great on it but it's much better to have a piano in the living room and whenever you're walking by even if you just touch one key it makes noise yeah. and uh for some reason throughout college uh despite having uh the studio out here and an office in the house my homework gets done at the kitchen table. But for me, I think it was the proximity to the fridge. So, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, maybe, I mean, that that's all basic, you know, you're, you're fulfilling basic needs, right? You have shelter, you know, mm -hmm. food, creativity yeah. comes from that. Yeah. But you, you're, you're an artist, you're, you're painting what you're given, right. which is interesting. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I thank you for being on that journey with me in the question, because I, again, I'm, very fascinated by people who can do what you can do by anybody who can do what you can do. But when does it turn in your mind where it has to be something you want to or can make money for? And what does that do to you as an artist? I am making money and I have been making money. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the fortunate ones. So right out of the gate. Um, yeah, I've been selling for four and a half years. So, I'm, so was it I'm was that kind of right at the beginning? Yeah. Was something you you wanted to do? Tried your hand at it. Obviously, of went well. Yeah, or or goes well. And is that a journey that's that's so you decided to do that as part of this? Is that a similar you know path? Because you know I mentioned before we started, I'm a musician. There's some nobility in the grind. You know, earning your stripes, as it were. Is it mm -hmm. a similar path to kind of succeeding? Uh, it's a it's a different path, I guess. Like you, there's a lot of business aspects to being an artist. Like you're just not painting all the time. Like you have to do taxes, for example. You have to market yourself. You have to do prints. And um, for some reason, I I have known what I'm supposed to do. I know again, it's just strange, but um, I knew to have my work captured it's called or photographed mm -hmm. high res uh, right out of the gate so I didn't sell any work without having it captured so every piece of my art has been high res photographed so I right. can have it printed in acid free cliches that are sure incredible detail they're beautiful wow. how did I know to do that I don't know I have no idea but well fortunate it, okay so one could say it works that's a win. Let's move on and spend mm -hmm. that energy doing something else. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you are being successful doing that. You do work with commission. Mm -hmm. So I'm really fascinated by what draws you to a commission. What's your process? And, um, you know, how do you how do you work in that space? Commissions are interesting because um, you are painting for someone based on description of words that they tell you right so, is that how it works can it be as mm -hmm. as basic as that because mm -hmm. I, I imagine you can be as specific as you want them to be so how how open are you to let your your clients dictate what they want well they can tell me what they want but i tell them what my process is like i don't know what it's going to look like i can't tell you what it's going to look like at the end but if you don't like it 
you don't have to pay for it and I'll sell it to somebody else. I mean, you this know, is, <laughs> that's kind of how Is it that works. the most carefree business model? <laughs> yeah. You cracked it. I cracked it. I am going to give you something. No idea how it's going to go. Yeah. If it doesn't work out for you, I don't care. Yeah. And I keep yeah. 50%. Yeah. It's never wasted. Except because that's my time. I, uh, uh, my I, time wow. is worth money. This I'm... is a free podcast. <laughs> my, my my cousin was uh, contracted to do a a Slayer uh, beaded medallion, which is oh, beadwork artist for the band. For it's just tribal, yeah, well, not yeah. for not for the band oh, Slayer, yeah, I mean, but for a fan. Yeah, yeah. She sent it to them. There was like a lot of back and forth. There, apparently, the person couldn't really afford it, and they like returned it. Oh. And oh. because of the exchange that they did it on, she was forced to be like, "Dude, do you." Asked me to do this, I did it. Whatever, but short of it is, she's stuck with the Slayer medallion and and is at every like powwow and travel event, hoping that a Slayer fan will come along. I can't imagine it would take and... long for that to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It's>... I want. <laughs> well, do you want it? So I'm holding to it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but I should tell you that I, if I have a commission, I tell them my clients this as well that I will work, and I don't put my time as part of my cost because i say i don't know how long it's going to take me yeah. but i will work and work and work and work until i feel like i get it yeah. right right, right? <clears throat> so like i i just don't willy-nilly say here well, there was yeah, there was a a story you told about a particular commission mm -hmm. and there was some specificity you had an idea and it just wasn't happening mm -hmm. and i i think that's really cool that you were just saying i'm not getting this mm -hmm. In that your breakthrough was like, I just got to do me. Right. I have to do my art. Yeah. And my art is good enough. Yeah. That's why they're talking to me. Yeah. And was that a moment that changed the trajectory for yeah. you completely in a yeah. big way? Well, f for that piece, because it was a four feet by four feet commission. And I had all these people coming over to my home and saying, oh, you should do it this way. Well, oh, you're going to do this? And why, why don't you do that? And, you know, it was all in my head. And I was like, well, maybe right. I should do that. And I, so it, I, six months, I texted my client and said, I just have to take a break. And I'm sorry, but like... I, Wasn't this for a surprise type of thing? Was, was there a time for crunch? for an engagement surprise. Yes. Six months Which, they waited to get engaged? <clears throat> Well, you're, were, you're worth the wait, though, yeah. right? Now I say up to a year, but oh, it never takes that long. But it usually takes me a month or two. I, yeah. I think, I don't know. You're, you're wise to kind of uh, lower the expectation of, like, the time. Yeah. Because uh, I would imagine people hit you up. They say, hey, we want this, and why can't we get it next week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I never know if I'm going to get blocked again, which I, I haven't, but I don't know. I just paint my paint. I do my work and it just comes out. And then that was my answer. Does like, that just kind of paint. trajectory dissuade you from wanting to do commission work? Does it mm. make it less fun in a way? No, it's actually, it pushes me. It makes me a little uncomfortable. And I like. Because you don't want the flute. You want a little <laughs> bit of a wall in front of you. Yeah, I like it. I like making myself uncomfortable, giving myself that discomfort because it pushes me. Right. It makes me a better artist and I like where it takes me. All my clients, they have all cried. They have sat down and just bawled because they're so happy and that's 27 of them. So, I mean, so far I've had it all. Well, you know. um, I mean, that's obviously a clear benchmark of, of success. Yeah. What happens yeah. the first time somebody doesn't? Well, 
you know you that's it's it? part of the Maybe you're, just you're like, gonna, it'd be nice if you could just, just shed a little cry. tear for me thank you well you know if they don't they don't but. <laughs> so to you what is the phenomenon of synesthesia and how do you use it in your work so synesthesia is well you know what anesthesia is right mm -hmm. so it's you're numb and I prefer it in my surgeries. <laughs> yeah. when, when given the chance, I'm, I'm like, I'd like I'm that. All in. Always. And up it. I'm like that. Yeah. Well, synesthesia is only 4% of the population have it. And it's a neurological condition, but it's where you have multi sensories happening at the same time. Most people have five senses of you know, mm -hmm. sight, touch, smell, sound, hear, and all that. But with sensentia, if you can even say it. It's it's hard. So you it's can just, hard. we could call it by another name yeah. if you want from this point forward. <laughs> or not refer to it ex again don't by name. It, not say it again. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. you have multi multiple sensories going on at the same time. And for me, and I think it's related to being a prodigy on the flute, that's where mm -hmm. that music comes back mm -hmm. around for me again, is that I can actually see colors and feel them when I have music playing and when I'm painting. And it's almost like when I'm painting, I am painting notes on a composition. And a lot of times I'll even use my fingers to paint on my art with the colors and I, I can feel them. No. Well, that that's extraordinary because, you know, I, I understand a lot of it was discovered by uh, individuals without sight reporting seeing colors is responding to to notes mm -hmm. and some people can maybe ascribe a color to a number yes that way correct. i i believe mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's a one you know pathway stimulating another uh in in an unexpected way correct. that on the surface you could talk about that and go oh my god but it's not a bad thing right it's a good thing so you have taken it and you've used it in your work in a way does it does it guide you you know more than just this is how I have to do this or do you try to lean into it oh yeah I lean into it and my use of color that's kind of how I found out about it because you know I'd take it in to get captured and they would make comments like how are you mixing these colors together and making them work because they're not supposed to work together and yet you keep mixing them and it works like you know there's a color wheel and you're not following it and I'm like oh I don't I don't follow the rules because I'm. Do you think they think that you're making it up at this time? Do you think they're having conversations about you? Like, she's not. She's. <laughs> this isn't true. What's happening? How is she doing that? Like, why? Is like, she, you've been at people's dinner conversations at home. Like, how is she, something's how happening? Is she she's pretending. It work? But but it's art. So by by one, you know, standard. And I hate to ask the most pedestrian question, but who cares? Why ask me this? Why not say, how are you doing this? Rather than, why are you doing this? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and that's, I guess, too combative. Yeah. But do you think about that? Does that, because you're coming off as this maverick, I just teed you up as this sage with this wisdom beyond <laughs> your years. And you're just like, I'm just painting, man. I love it. And it, that's enough. <laughs> I mean. Even to struggle through six months. Of, you know, I'm sure you're doing other things, but I was thinking about oh, that yeah. client. I painted and... another four foot by four foot painting in the middle of it. I mean. <laughs> so stepping out on the couple a little bit. <laughs> no. But that's okay. When when you think about 
well, maybe you have to in commissions, but as you're doing work, do you ever share work in progress with anybody else ever? No. I mean, with if somebody came over, they'd see it, but no, not with my clients. Do they ask or do you say up front, you're not going to see it until it's done? Right. I mean, do you ever share any work in progress? Do you have a confidant? Do you have an artist? Anybody? No. Nobody. No. It's just, you know. I think that kind right. of confidence is inspiring. And it, it, I mean, it's something that, you know, going back to you must be doing it for you in a way because you're the judge. I know when it's done. So I was going to ask you, the judge, I guess. when is a painting done? That's the cheesiest question I'll ask you because that's the corniest question to ask an artist. But a painting may be never done. But when is a painting done? It's got to be done at some point. I just know when it's done. Now I do. Like in the beginning, I overpainted a few times. But I Now I just, and I've said this before in an interview, so maybe you've heard this, but I the painting tells me when it's done. <laughs> so sure. I know when it's done. And I, if I push it, and I'll overpaint it. So, right. But I'm like, okay, I'm done. Just hands off. Okay, I guess I'll go paint another one then. And is that uh, a healthy part of the process, starting another one, just so you can say you've concluded another, a previous one? Because I love, I just love painting. I mean, just because I'm done doesn't mean I'm done. I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to be So when you're done, finished. you feel that sense of calm. You feel a sense of completion. You feel a sense of... Dance party. And then you get your dance party mm -hmm. and the energy comes out mm -hmm. and you bless the piece. Mm-hmm. Are you out looking for the next breathtaking moment? Because you've just said it could be an eagle. It could be a woman at the beach. Um, you know, we're particularly in an inspiring place. Are there certain surroundings that are more conducive to those things for you? Or can you find them anywhere or turn this whole thing off? I can find it anywhere. I have a whole queue. I mean, you know, I, like a dandelion that's the pop. I don't know what you call it, but I mean, that's to me beautiful. That's something I want to paint or a cattail or a poppy or a, I mean, anything like I right. can paint anything that inspires me. Um, I sketched in Mexico just recently. I don't draw, but I went to Mexico for 19 days. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do when I'm down there? I can't paint. So I'll, I'll sketch. Well, I can't draw, but I'll try. And I sketched this old man sitting on a wall smoking a cigarette. And he was really old and wrinkly and tan. And I'm like, how cool is that? It was, he was beautiful. He was beautiful to sketch. And I was able to do it. And it was just, I mean, you can find it anywhere if you look for it. Can I ask you about that old man? Yeah. Did you take a picture of him with your phone as well? I did that one because I you? can't draw. Okay. But, but that you, one I you, did. you sketched him. Yes, I did. And whereas most other people would have looked, maybe taken a picture of their phone, sketched it later, you know, you you experienced a moment and you did something you haven't done before. Mm -hmm. So you've tried things and because they weren't easy, you know, or not or too easy or not challenging enough. So what is the next evolution or does there have to be a next evolution in where you want your art to go or how you want it to interact with people? My, well, it is ever changing. I mean, that's just how I am because I am a, 
always say like a tree. I want to see what I can accomplish and go up and out, you know, see how far I can reach. So I, my intention now with my art is to add dynamic, dynamicism, is that a word? Be more dynamic. Yeah, sure. I want to be more dynamic in my art and creating the illusion of movement is what I'm working on now. Okay. So I just did a skier, like going off a, getting ready to do a jump. On so a, breathtaking because you're holding your breath because yeah. that's a terrifying <laughs> prepare thing. prepare for takeoff. But yeah, so I'm just kind of playing around with that and right. seeing where that's going to go. And Have you ever bailed on a painting? Have, has a painting ever not sp- spoken to you through the end? Oh, yeah. I've made hot messes of canvases, but I took one to the garbage and then I didn't put it in. And I said, I am never going to quit on a canvas. I've made a commitment and I've never quit on a canvas. So it may not have been something that I wanted it to be at some time, but right. it becomes something even more amazing. I have one, I have nine coats of paint on it. So do you, it. you have a, a very DIY punk rock mentality, you know, no rules, no schools. You're not gonna, you're, you're just going to figure it out. But you're you're doing this enough. Have you connected with any artist who you may look upon that you've gotten knowledge for, from? Anybody you'd like to see as a mentor, or anybody you'd like to connect with in that way? Not even maybe just to learn, but just to have coffee and talk. Yeah, I have tons of Instagram artists, and out that I do, I just go through and look at what they do get inspired by their work just their process of work just that they work you know people yeah. work all the time i'm what's called a outsider artist because i didn't go to school and i don't have training and it's very interesting how schooled or educated artists feel about outsider artists it's just a mm-hmm. little it's like the Sneetches on the Beaches. Did you ever read that book? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've spent... The Star-Bellied. The Star-Bellied. That might be a good I've, tattoo, I've spent actually. three-fourths of my life immersed in hip-hop culture, and so I totally know... You get it. ...how, how the dancers have felt. Right. And how the, the painters have felt, and how yeah. the um, musicians have felt. Yeah. And I, maybe experiencing, like, you know, the, the graffiti... Um, you know, I did I did a show in Chicago with, with Caves, the artist Caves, and he's well known and the yeah. next show I did was with a young uh, uh, man at the time named Eric DeBat uh, Risk was his tag name and he wasn't a big name but there was that rebellious nature of the graffiti world but it was balanced you know at a four and a half star hotel downtown Chicago so I got to see that that difference sure um, but I it felt even then that there was you know tension. but you know Caves is one of the most impressive and fascinating people I've ever met and as an art, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's almost sad to see that there's some kind of that kind of hierarchy or even that kind of paradigm within mm-hmm. it. But I, I, I get it though. Yeah. And so navigating that, are, are there social circles? Are there, is there decorum? Do you have advice for anybody who like you is the punk rocker? <laughs> I just labeled you. <laughs> Sorry. But, you know, do you have any advice for somebody who is in your situation who may be a little more timid and has 
whether it's somebody's telling them to do it, helping them along, you know, metaphysically or not, what would you say to do? I, it has to start with like you have to know inside yourself like are you an artist do you do you believe you're an artist do you believe in your work are you solid in your belief of your work and what you output and if so it doesn't matter whether you went to school or whether you didn't because you know you know your worth you know your value you know your work is good so if somebody says, oh, I got shunned once. And I was like, oh, okay. Dude, <laughs> At a really? plain air thing at Chateau Chantel. But I was like, okay, whatever. At a thing? At a thing, but it's fine. Well, okay. It's we're not fine. We're not a digging for dirt show. Yeah, but, you but... know, it, 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 it again, it's all art. It's all we're art. We're doing it for, for a positive love. way. Yeah. And and the, the work is the work. And, and mm-hmm. I face that a little bit in a, in a corporate setting, trying to get a in a show with an unknown graffiti artist after a big show. And I said, and I still stand by it. It doesn't matter. The work is good. Yeah. So that's wonderful to hear because, and it, it's not, um, you know, it's not egotistical at all. It's, it's Belief. confidence Belief. in yourself. Um, and, you know, art is wonderful and just doing it is a good thing and getting it out. When you go into a home and art is arranged incongruously, does it bother you at all? No. Like, are you a natural curator? <laughs> no. Are artists natural curators? No. Do I start rearranging things? I mean, just in your mind, even. No. And when you pick art to hang in your own home, I got to ask you, one, how do you pick it? Two, how often does it change? And three, what is the best quality in Aboriginal art? Ooh. Well, I have Aboriginal original art because my great-grandmother was from Australia because her family stole a chicken in England and they were exiled. So that's how the they went to the bad place art. back then. They, yeah. Really? <laughs> that's how the original art came for a chicken my, for a chicken. Yeah. That's not on the family crust. I'm hoping. No, but that's okay. how the original art came to be in my collection anyway. But this uh, is tremendous. It's tremendous. Yeah. Well, so yeah. is chicken in the family not a <laughs> tough topic or have, have you gotten over it? <laughs> no. Yeah, we eat chicken. Wow. So again, <laughs> yeah. art in your own home. So how like, how do you pick it? How often does it change? And then what are the best, you know, qualities in Aboriginal art? Because I think it's wonderful. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, Yeah, it's beautiful. It's hard to describe. It's almost like mandala, I mm-hmm. suppose. But um. How do I pick my art? Uh, it's got to be unique. It's got to have color for some reason. Um, it's always been that way, though. Even before I could paint, it had to have color. It had to be um, uplifting, you know, positive, of course. And I, poetry is also an art to me. And so I have books around and things like that. Right. I use that as art also. And collectible things i don't change it out much though really kind of once it's in i'm always fascinated by that so you're you're okay with looking at something for a while as long as it stays inspiring yeah and i'll move it around but it doesn't get evicted or anything is any of your work hanging in your own place absolutely and is that because (laughs) (laughs) does that is that nefarious i wonder you know because 
if somebody comes to the home and an artist of an artist and they say who's this and you're like that's me that's mine no it's see you just answered that wonderfully i know it's i mine. think credit garbo couldn't have done it better it's because it's like you get attached to these pieces you put um some you infuse them with your love and joy they're like your children and so sometimes you need to have them around for a period of time some of them not all of them but I get attached and then I'm like okay it's I can let let you out of the nest now I can put you up for sale and off you go out of the nest that's wonderful <laughs> and uh, again just to, to close the loop on that aboriginal piece are there any artists that you are not to put you on the spot or just tenants of or any artists that you uh, in, in that genre that you supported that you like I don't know the name yeah. of the Aboriginal artist because it's so long yeah. ago. Yeah, it's a lot of them. Yeah. Awesome. Um, in the end, when you look at um, where you want to go next and you know what you want people generally to get out of your work, can you talk about where people can see see you and what's the best way and west you know best ways you want to connect with people and you want people to connect with you? I love to connect with people in person because um, I love that intimate relationship that's created um, between an artist and even a viewer or a client, doesn't matter. Um, right now I'm at Crooked Tree in Traverse City mm -hmm. and the Frankfurt Oliver Arts Center. And um, as far as exhibitions for this year, I'm not doing any at the moment, but um I kind of blew myself up last year. I did so many of them. It's tiring. It's tiring. Right. It was a lot of work, but um, very rewarding. Yeah. But um, I just need to paint for a while. And, you know, I'm going to start outsourcing, um, contracting some more aspects of my business so that I can free up more time for myself. Nice. So that's really what I'm going to focus on for the next few months. And, and your website is uh, Katie Lauren Art, and that's uh, Katie, K-A-T-I-E. Lauren L O W R A N A R T dot com, right? That's right. Katie Lauren Art. Sorry, I paused there like that. And um, are you are you looking to you know what are you working on right now? What's what's occupying your moments right now artistically? Is it something for you? Are you working on commission right now? I'm not working on a commission. I have a client who's considering a commission. I've met with him, but I'm not working on it at the moment. But yes. That's I'm working wonderful. on, I was up till 4.30 this morning working on a painting, so. Wow. I know. <laughs> Typical. And, and Typical. if I may close out by asking you, because, um, you know, Mark talked about being in the kitchen, why are Flaming Hot Cheetos the best snack? They're the best. Have you ever had them? I don't know if I have. Well, the crunchy that's ones. That's why you don't know. Yeah. Are they? They, they're, they're, they're so they are. You like, like spicy, spicy food and flaming yeah. hot Cheetos. Flaming that, hot that's Cheetos. The they're crunchy. Yeah. Okay. They're very satisfying. So I get little mm. takeaways from all of these episodes. <laughs> Agreed. And and that's probably the the most interesting or potentially dangerous one for me. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. And is there anything else you'd like to uh, share uh, with us about uh, what you're doing? Just thank you for having me. Oh, it's, it's been, been our pleasure for sure. Well, this Katie. Absolute joy. Thank you so much for your pursuits and uh, you're sharing your art and giving people beauty, peace, and calm, and uh, hopefully now inspiring others to check out your art and to do the same. Thank you. Thank you for being our guest. And thank you all for listening, and thank you for pursuing the positive. Ladies and 
gentlemen, there you have it. Another episode of the Pursuit of Podcast in the books, the Pursuit of Katie Lauren Art. For more information and to learn about Katie Lauren as a fine artist, passion and color, and what you can do to support the Northern Michigan art scene, go to katielaurenart.com. K-A-T-I-E-L-O-W-R-A-N-A-R-T.com. And as always, for all things audio, video, podcast production related, come find us at newleonard.com.